I was hastily putting on my glasses there as the theme song ended. Welcome to Our Little Talks, episode number 26. This is the fourth annual Thanksgiving Eve extravaganza. Yes, it is. It is. We are. Um, we don't know what to talk about because nope. when you have, um, like the very first episode, we talked about Thanksgiving and the food and how much we love Thanksgiving, but you can't talk about that every year. Especially so it, if you're doing a podcast. Right. I mean, uh, but especially if you want it to be an interesting podcast. An interesting podcast or one that's world famous. Which is our goal. Which has always been our goal. We just don't record enough episodes to do it. Um, yeah, we're not really committed to our goal of being world famous I mean, podcasters. no, but we weren't really, that wasn't really the goal to begin with. No, <clears throat> of course not. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I'm going to make some adjustments to my, um, I'm making some adjustments to the uh, frequency. Let's start over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we've actually started over twice because of some technical snafus, but we are back. It's uh, it's near the end of the year. Yeah, it is. Believe it or not, because it's one day before Thanksgiving. Um, and here's one thing. Here's one thing that we can bring up. We may have talked about this before, but this is the time of year when you um, there's a lot of TV watching that goes on. For instance, today um, we were all home. Uh, I'll have the day off, um, and we watched Holiday Inn. Yes, the famous Fred Astaire, Bing Crosby, um, and that blonde lady. The blonde lady can never remember her name. Doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, we watched that, and there was sort of like uh, <clears throat> having seen it every year for like the last ten years. Um, I was kind of like. I was commenting, making lots of comments during the movie, just lots of jokes and things, because the, the movie itself is fine, but I've kind of grown weary of it. Okay. I think I haven't been watching it as long as you have, so I'm not necessarily weary of it yet, but also I just, it's one of my favorite Christmas movies, so. But I don't or think. Or holiday movies, I guess. Yeah, I don't think I watched it really more very much before you were born i think i but the 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 reason i bring this up is um this is the time of year like i said where people watch a lot of television and it's sort of it's a lot of stress it's a lot of stress because you start thinking about okay because it's become like this obligation that you have to watch a bunch of christmas movies at this time of year and it becomes like this stressful obligation like when are we going to be when are we going to watch this when are we going to watch that what movies are we not going to watch this year what movies are we going to watch even though we've watched them 20 years in a row and it just becomes like a burden instead of just like how it was when i was a kid you just looked in the tv guide and whatever was on that night if you wanted to watch it you just watched it yeah i don't necessarily feel that i think Partially because I Christmas movies is an important tradition to me, and I like rewatching them because I'm very I I like a nostalgia based Christmas, and so a lot of Christmas movies are very nostalgic for me, and so I like rewatching them because it's part of a tradition. It's very sentimental for me, so I don't think I necessarily get tired of them 
maybe as other people do just because of my my affinity for them yeah i can see where and you're younger um, yeah I think the clock isn't too. ticking as fast for you <laughs> as it is for me where i'm like hey what what could i be doing um different with my time like how many times do i have to watch i just it just be, it becomes like something you don't necessarily want to do you just feel obligated well we've got to watch holiday in we have to watch white christmas we have to watch it's a wonderful life we have, we have, we have, we have to 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 have And then you watch 40 movies between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and you could have been doing something else. I'm not saying don't watch some movies, but, I mean, I've seen Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer over 50 times, I'm sure. That's two days Probably. of my life spent watching it's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's not long at all. Okay, but that's just Rudolph. <laughs> but I... do I need to watch it now? Do I need to watch it again? Well, you have to. It's a tradition. Well, I I think some people... I have it memorized. I'll do it for you right now. We'll spend this next hour. I'm just going to do the entire show of Rudolph. <laughs> I think just to prove a point. For me, it doesn't... Tradition, it doesn't feel like, oh, we have to do this because it's a tradition. It's something that I want to do. And yeah. that's what makes it a tradition. So I don't feel like that I have to watch these movies. It's just that I want to. And this is the time of year. Like, White Christmas, Holiday Inn, It's a Wonderful Life. Those are all, like, those are three of my favorite Christmas movies. So for me, it's not a burden to have to watch them because it's like, this is the one time of year I get to watch them. I understand. I yeah. understand. But I am I have 20 some odd years more of life experience where I, you know, I'm a little movied out. Yeah. I mean, I mean, movies. I didn't even go see Barbie or Oppenheimer. I while the, you did while see the whole world was going crazy, I was just like, "No, we, your mother and I talked about going to see it, but I, um, when she's like, you want to go see Oppenheimer?" And I thought it's three hours long. And I thought, "Eh, I don't need to see it. I don't. I'm not that interested." Yeah, in I it. wasn't really interested in Oppenheimer, and I haven't didn't see Barbie either. I um, did see Barbie. I, I really liked it, but I caused a little bit of a stir among some people when I said. Uh, with regard to Oppenheimer and Barbie, I said, uh, too, too dumb for Oppenheimer, too smart for Barbie. People, <laughs> Who'd you cause a stir? Some people got a little upset. Well, it was just a joke. I didn't know. Yeah. I wasn't trying to insult people that liked Barbie or um, whatever. Praise but people who ap- liked Oppenheimer. Apologies. I apologize to those of you. And we forgive you. <clears throat> yeah, and I doubt that I'll ever watch. I maybe will watch Oppenheimer, but I don't know. I don't really care. I don't really care anymore. Yeah, that didn't really interest me. I, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I mean, I'm not really in, that interested in Robert Oppenheimer. So, yeah, and I'm um, the only movie coming up that I'm interested in uh, that I know about: Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Ah, the, yes. The trailer for that came out two weeks ago. Apparently, I just found out that the trailer had just come out, and um, the director said it wouldn't be Disneyfied. Hmm. And people took that to mean it won't be woke or virtue signaling because that's what they equate with. But Disney he meant now. it would be. A good but what movie. he meant was Disneyfied used to mean something that was dark and of a serious nature. You then you sanitized it or you made it more wholesome, like Walt Disney. Yeah. Would take the, fairy, the fairy tales, tales remove yeah. some of the darkest elements. Yeah. And then put uh, talking mice. Yeah, he cut out the the. He, uh, 
the part of the stepsister's eyes getting pecked out by yeah. birds and you know would take put the, in the talking So that's ways. what they mean. That's what Disneyfied meant. It didn't mean um, what these clowns on the internet mean, yeah. which is. Um, oh, oh, good. There won't yeah. be people with different colored skin. In yeah, this movie. <laughs> there won't be people they, of color. Oh, uh, when he said Disneyfied, yeah. he didn't. He meant there. Will, everybody, all the all the uh, apes will be played by white actors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <I laughs> which mean, is not what he meant. He just also, meant we're not going to make it a fun, lighthearted adventure movie because that's not that's not what, what we're what trying the, to portray here. The apes here. movies are not about that. Well, I mean, yeah, the new ones are very much a statement on society and talking about you know human right. nature and the the nature of evil and that sort of right. thing so there's but what <laughs> I, we're it now... would be weird for this movie to make it this wholesome yeah adventure film and based on the trailer we're reaching the part of the story where we see that as the apes become more like human and their ability to speak and use tools and ride horses and set up societies they take on the the negative characteristics of human beings. Yeah. I really liked those movies. They just made me really sad. Oh, they're supposed to make yeah, you sad. Yeah, they're supposed the way to. the way the humans treat the apes, and now the yeah. apes in these newer movies are going to be mistreating humans in the same way that the apes What was were the last one that we saw? War for the Planet of the Apes. In the, a war in of the, the Planet theater? of the Apes, yeah. Yeah, because that one I was one just like sobbing in the theater because that made me so sad. But I think also the first one. Ah, uh, those those humans had it coming. I wasn't sad about the humans. Uh, I was sad about the monkeys. <laughs> uh, those are real. I I last Christmas um, I gave you my heart. <laughs> <laughs> it was inevitable if yeah, I said that. I was gonna um, say it if you I didn't. when I had COVID I. Um, Finally, sat was able to sit down. I had bought the original five Planet of the Apes on Blu-ray for like ten bucks total for the discs, and uh, I sat down and watched them. And um, most of them aren't very good. The first one's good. The second one is really bad. The third one's okay, if but a little comical. Yeah. The fourth one, I think, is the second best one. The director's cut. Is the okay. second best one. How long is the director's cut? Um, it's not that it's longer. The ending is different. Oh, okay. There's a character it's not Caesar, an edition. played by Roddy McDowell. When the apes start to overthrow the humans, he gives this big long speech about how now the humans are going to be our servants or whatever. And then, but when it was in, released in the theaters, they changed his speech to be like, "But we're going to show mercy and compassion or whatever." But the director the, wanted it. But to the be director's more. cut, which is on there, ends with them like, "No, now we're in charge, okay. and we're gonna treat them the way they, they, they treated, treated us. us." Yeah. And that's a much more satisfying ending. And then the fifth movie is just so low budget and <laughs> terrible that. But these last these these prequels, if you want to call them that, if they are indeed prequels, the three most recent. Oh yeah, Apes I guess they movies, would be prequels. Yeah. Um, are all really good. Yeah, I like them. Um, and they're the first sort of backstory movies of any franchise that I think are actually good and are better overall than the originals, I think. What are you looking at? Uh, there's a spot on the wall over there. I thought oh. it would be a bug, but it's not. Um, but anyway, I, think... I don't know why, why. What are we talking about here? <laughs> Planet of the Apes. Come I don't on. remember how. Oh, we were talking about going to see movies right well we're talking about movies yeah because yeah. it's like obligation think... to watch um 
you know. Yeah. I, I will watch Home Alone. I watch Home Alone whenever you want. Yeah, Home Alone's one of my favorites. Here's the thing well. about Home Alone. When I was in my it came out when I was in my early twenties and I didn't really like it. The older I get, the more I like it. And the more I, the funnier I think it is. And mm-hmm. not like the violence part, but like um Daniel Stern when they almost run Macaulay Culkin over the van and they tell him, Watch where you're going and he says Santa Claus doesn't visit the funeral, funeral parlors. parlors, little buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. And um, but also I like that like the theme of like everybody thinks Kevin's worthless. Um they're always putting him down. And then um when his house comes under attack, he defends it. Yeah. It, he 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 comes of age, he becomes a man as he defends <laughs> his Yeah. Defends his home from um the bumbling wet bandits or whatever yes so i like that one more than i did when i was younger and i'll i'll watch that one something that i'm a fan of in movies is when the exposition is not obvious and i think that movie does a good job of that with they show you things that are important but they don't necessarily like spoon oh yeah they used to make good movies so yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah movies used to be good so i think i like that about it i obviously i just think it's a good movie in general but also the exposition is really well done, which for some reason is something that I really focus on when yeah. I'm watching movies. Yeah. Is how the exposition is yeah. done. Yeah. Like one way they'll do I it. I love a good show, not tell moment. Yeah. Well, like one way they'll do it is I have a character that needs everything explained to them, and that's they sit in for the audience. Like in The Godfather, where uh, the movie begins at um, Connie Corleone's wedding, and Michael. Corleone, played by Al Pacino, arrives with Diane Keaton, who's his girlfriend, and she looks around the wedding and like, who's that man talking to himself over there? And then he explains he explains it every, everything to her, and by by, by, default. by default, he's explaining it to, rather than looking, you know, having a narration or looking into the camera and saying, "That's Luca Brazzi over there." Yeah, <laughs> um, he explains it to her. But there's even more creative ways to do that. There's yeah. a movie called Full Metal Jacket, and it takes place. It's about um, the Marines during Vietnam, and the first section of the film is basic training, and the and the first scene is the drill sergeant going through the barracks, to giving off all the rules, and then we are introduced to the main characters as he yells at each character and gives them a nickname, mm-hmm. and then you learn something about each of the characters. So you learn. Sort of like what you need to know. What you need to know about where they're at, what the expectations are for them, and who the characters are. Yeah. And how, and so it's not like, it's not like obvious that it's exposition. Yeah. Well, I think we talked about that in um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark, how he's explaining the Ark of the Covenant and, um, the the right the The army guys. The thing. What is that called? The the, oh. the headpiece to the staff of Ra. The medallion, yeah. The, yeah. Like explaining the significance of that. Right. These bumbling army guys who don't know anything and yeah. like, hey, let me give you a history lesson. It's done in a way that the audience, I think, is drawn in. That you're like, oh, this is... Without realizing... It. I need to like pay attention. But you kind of... It feels yeah. so natural that you're not like, oh, this is the exposition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's something hey. I like about it. All right. So we got done. We're We're off... We're off and running with this uh, this very historic episode, fourth anniversary. Well, do you want to talk about the, War and Peace? If this was going to be a 
If we did seasons, this would be the first episode of season four. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which means we're averaging, let's see, 25 divided by three. Do the math. I can't. Three goes into five one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, the closest you can get to 25. 25? It's about nine episodes yeah. a year, basically. Yeah. Roughly is Roughly. what I'm guessing. I don't know. Did I do that right? Did I do the I, math I correctly? No I don't think I did. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, <sighs> Twenty-five divided. Did you want to talk about War and Peace? Twenty-eight, about eight episodes. Because um, we've both read at least part of it. Yeah, I guess we could touch on that. Yeah, so I, I don't have um, to talk about it too long. Here, let's, let's, we'll get we'll talk about it in a roundabout way. Okay, we'll do it this way. So. <laughs> When I got back into reading regularly, like 2005, and you started to sort of jot down, I started to keep track of every book I was reading. And online there was the, um, I discovered that there were reading challenges. Yes. Like, okay, so some of them are, there's a list. Read one detective novel. Read one book about the Civil War. Read oh, okay, yeah. those kinds of challenges. Cool. But then there's also the, hey, how many books are you going to challenge yourself to read this year? Yeah, Goodreads type of thing. Right. And so I got into the, I'm going to try to read 40 books this year. Yeah. Or I'm going to try to read 50 books this year. And like three times I passed 50. And one year I got even higher, over 60. Mm. Um, there's a there's there's some merit to doing that because it forces you into a habit of reading, which is good. Yes. However, I found over time that I was not uh, not a satisfying way of yeah. reading because I would read fifty books. I'd look back over the list, and about ten of them, I would be like, "Yeah, I remember that what that was about," yeah. and the other forty or so, I'd be like, "I don't even remember," or, um. I'd have to go back and yeah, it's like so. What was the you were was the benefit the of reading yeah. fifty books other than I read? 50 and books. so what happens is when you make a reading challenge. While I said at the beginning, there's benefits to that. There's a major drawback, which is it becomes more about finishing the books than reading the books than actually reading the books. Very true. Which is true. Mm -hmm. The second thing is if you're a slower reader like I am. If you're going to read 50 books in a year, you're going to have to do it like one book a week. Yeah. Okay. So if you if there's a really long book that you want to read, such as War and Peace, which yes. we just mentioned, that's 1,358 pages long. Yeah. And the print's small. And it's not, and we'll talk about this, it's not incredibly complicated. It's not an easy book to read, but it's not like, Hard reading to quantum physics. Yeah, okay. it's Let's, not easy to read, but it's not hard to understand. Right. Um, if you decide to read that, if I like what I did when I just read it, I said I'm going to read 50 pages minimum a day, and that you, if you do that, you can finish in 27 days. Took right. me about. It took me 30 days to read War and Peace. Yeah. All right. So let's say you start off January one. I'm going to read 50 books. And you're like, I'm going to start with War and Peace. You read War and Peace, takes you a month. You're already three books behind. Yeah. So then instead of saying, well, now I'm going to read Les Miserables, or I'm going to read The Count of Monte Cristo, which are both doorstops. Yeah. You're like, oh, I got to get back on track. And so then you'll go. I'm going to read some Agatha uh, Christie. You'll go online and you'll find uh, a website, a reading website that'll say 
20 short books to use to get your reading back on track or whatever. You go and you'll read something maybe you aren't necessarily that interested in because you're more worried about getting back on track on your reading challenge. So then, then you blow through three short books and forget what they're all about. And then you go, I'm going to read um, East of Eden now or whatever. Yeah. So then it becomes like you you may just be like books that you actually want to read that you're interested yeah. in reading. You might set them aside because they're too long and they'll hold up your yeah. ability to read 50 books in a year. And then you get to the end of the year with your 50 books. The 50 books list becomes a flex or a trophy case. Yeah, it's just a show off. That, that you, you put a little money. thing on your on your on your MySpace on your <laughs> MySpace page saying fifty books. I read. Fi- I met my fifty book challenge, and the thirty five people that still um, of the th- of the two thousand friends you have on MySpace, the thirty five of them might like give you might just click like to help make you, you feel better 2, about yourself friends on myspace no i'm just saying oh, a lot okay. of people, i'm just it's just, <laughs> just i don't example. even have myspace <laughs> well i thought maybe you did when when myspace no, still existed. i don't think i ever had a myspace page but the point i'm trying to make is reading 50 books can re- a year or setting a challenge can really become more about showing off than mm-hmm. actually taking the time reading um a book that you want to read like for instance this year i've read moby dick and war and peace which are long longer kind of complicated books that i've always wanted to read but because i was always worried about reading 50 books a year or whatever i stayed away from them so i'm like that's gonna slow me down yeah and so you should do 12 books a year and just read one a month well this year i i didn't really set a challenge but i think i've read 20 books but oh, by just good. taking my time um and reading things that I want to read rather than that I have to read. Yeah. Or feel like I've spot uh or that you know I've got to read a short book because I got to get caught up or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the way that I go about reading is I just have a list of books that I hear about. Yes. That interest me and then I kind of when I finish a book I go through the list and think what's, you know, striking striking me right now that I want to read and then I well I guess I'll read Anna Karenina and then I read right. that and then Well the reason I picked War and Peace was you had read most of most it, of it. <laughs> this year and I was I had it. some I was at a bookstore and I'm like I'm going to buy a couple of books and I saw War and Peace and I've never read it and I'm going to buy it and I'm going to read it I wonder if I would prefer this translation cuz I read the no, that's, this is the same translation. Oh, it is? Oh, I thought the I Briggs read the... Briggs translation. I thought I read the... Uh... The Briggs translation is good because all the French dialogue is um, translated into English. Oh, yeah, then that is English. the one that I read. I was thinking of the translation of Anna Karenina that I read. Right. That's by the couple. Yeah. I don't remember their names at the moment, but... The other um... thing, this just... There's a book called 1001 Books You Have to Read Before You Die or whatever. So you have that book or you go online yeah. and... 100 best books set in New York City. The 100 best books by African American authors. The 100 best books by feminists or whatever. And they'll so then you have these lists of books. Yeah. And you're like you're I've not got reading to, books you I've want. got yeah. to read I'm going to challenge myself and read every book on this list. And then you read a couple and you get to the third one you're like this third book stinks. 
uh, yeah. isn't any good. Why am I reading this? And then you were like, wait a minute. If I don't read it, I won't read every book on this 100 books list. Yeah. And then you feel like it failed. So those lists or those the 1,001 books you got to read before you die, those shouldn't be checklists. Those should be yeah. suggested reading. Yeah, because the books that I have, I don't know if I'm going to read all of them. I'd like to read all of them. Yeah. But I, I don't know how many are on the list, actually. I could... I don't know if it'll tell me. And, it's your just... to, and your two read list can get so huge because you're like, oh, I can't read that right now because uh, I'm trying to finish uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'll read the Lemony Snicket books, but first I have to read whatever. Yeah, well, right now I'm reading Mansfield Park by Jane Austen because uh, yeah, I've read all of the other Jane Austen books and that's the only one that I haven't read. Yeah. And I haven't been able to find a copy of it at our home library here, but the university library at the school I go oh, to yeah. had a copy. And oh, so I yeah. thought, hey. What, wait, you own a lot of Jane Austen books. Why don't you have a copy of Mansfield Park? I never bought it. Never read it. I'm so. sure your mother, she, we have all. She, yes, but she has, has the nice copies right. that I'm not allowed to borrow because I'll ruin them. Right. Yeah. Which I'm not I'm not those blaming are just, her. Those I are will. just showpieces. <laughs> yes. Those are the kind of books you put out There's thirty one in books. the living room so that everybody can walk by and go, Oh, you like channels? Oh yes. Yeah, don't you think they look good on the shelf? Yeah, I have um, thirty one books on, on your to read list. To read list. I don't have a like a to read list. I don't I have, have one written down. I I used to have a Goodreads account, but I ditched that. I have Vanity Fair, Therese Rackin, Raquin. Yeah. Tess of the Dubervilles, Play It As It Lays, Mrs. Dalloway, Blue you like House. A, you're gonna watch a golf. You're gonna read a book about golf. Play It As It Lays. I don't think that's a golf. Book. It's a golf term. Well, yes, but I don't think it's about golf. I have The Metamorphosis so you don't, by you don't Franz Kafka. The Bell Jar, the which you just read. I just read The Bell Jar. You're right. After War and Peace, yeah. I read The Bell Jar, which Les I've Mirables. read. That's the second time I've read The Bell Jar. Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Les uh, Great Expectations, Dracula, Frankenstein. I read Frankenstein this uh, year. Uh, Picture of Dorian Gray. Odd, odd, oddly enough, Frankenstein, um, it's nothing like the stupid... Hollywood no. movie. Well, yeah, that's. Be I mean, I and it's never... a very interesting. It's an interesting. It's not even really scary. It's just sort of a, like a book about don't try to play God. Is really yeah. the whole. Yeah. The dangers of trying to play God. Yeah, I've got the brothers. Brothers, the brothers Karamazov, Crime and Punishment, The Secret History by Donna Tart, and then The Professor and Shirley by Charlotte Bronte. That's okay. not, I didn't read all of them off the well, list. Well, there you have it, everyone. There's the list. If you would like to purchase a copy of those books and send them our way. Yes, um, I will. So take that we don't have to go out into public. I mean, and go I, to the I mean, you have some of them. So. Yeah. Another I book. I read it. about 400 pages of David Copperfield. Um, and I will probably go back to it. But um, I think I might read Crime I'm and not a huge next. Charles Dickens fan. I started Oliver Twist when I was younger. And Oliver I Twist is great. Is okay. It's got a little. There's a little bit of too many con contrivances and conveniences in it, and there's a lot of anti-Semitism in it. Yes, um, <laughs> I do remember that. Great um, Expectations is a very good book. I started that one as well, but I started them when I was, I think, too young, and so I kind of, mm. I didn't make it through. Um, yeah, but I've I think tried, maybe now I could make it through if I think I, I've started to read all. A Tale of Two Cities about eight times and gotten through the first four chapters and then thought, I, I don't really want to read this right now and put it aside. 
You so, just got to push through. Well, sometimes, well, no. Because, like, I just, <laughs> sometimes you have a book, like, I, I need to read this. It's, I, I've never read it. And it's like, but it's, if there's a list of books of 50 books that you want to read, and it's number 50, and like, like War and Peace, I was just like, I just want to read this right now. I didn't think, well, I really should read such and such first. I'm like, no, this is the book I want to read right now, and I'm going to commit to sitting down yeah. every day and reading 50 I, pages of because it. Because I read and I, Tolstoy. And I found it a rewarding experience. Because and I in read... In spite of the fact that one of my best friend hates War and Peace. It took him a year to read <laughs> well, it. Well, that's okay. You don't have and to like it. And that's fine. He doesn't have things. to like yeah. it. But I, I enjoyed it. I didn't find it... Um, I didn't find it the far the part that's the most difficult is keeping track of which characters he's talking talking about because yeah. there's like two at least two characters named Maria. Yes, because there's Princess Mary and then there's Maria Dmitrievna. So right, yeah. and so you have to which Maria is he talking yeah. about? Well, yeah, that's the thing because sometimes Princess Maria is Maria, sometimes she's Mary, sometimes she's Marie, right. sometimes she's Masha, and so that's it's the like, hard part. Yeah, <laughs> but the book is really about like Tolstoy. Well, let's let's get into this a little bit. Leo Tolstoy. Let's break it down for you. It's guys. really about. It's about the way history is presented. Yes, and the way. The, he sort of um, pushes back against the idea that, like, Napoleon's like, we're going to war and the people go along with it. But he's sort of like the idea that, like, it's not all these things in history we tend to focus on the great men who made them happen when he's like, it's more complicated than that. The the little people sometimes are the ones that that push for these things to happen and they're the they're the the main actors they're the in ones what's who happening. are fighting the wars right yeah. and so he's trying to get that across he focuses on the small so he when he also people. felt that he could tell a good uh, he could tell history accurately um through fiction so it's a mix of fictional characters interacting with actual historic Historical characters figures, yeah um and so some people, like you and your mom, are like, oh, the war parts are boring, and they, they skip those. Um, but those are important as well. And those parts are a little, a little less interesting than the fictional yes. character parts. I um, think for me... But I, you just stick with it and plunge through it, and don't worry about, am I understanding every single thing that I'm reading yeah. about here? Well, it wasn't that I didn't understand the war parts, I just, I was really interested in the the character parts. And so when we got to the parts that were about the war, I wasn't as interested because I wanted to be reading about the characters. So even though sometimes the characters were in the parts that were historical, like I think um, Andre, he's in a lot of the historical parts because he's in the army. Right. Um. I cared more Andrei about Bolkonsky. And that's the thing. I didn't mind I didn't mind the parts that were about the war when it was specifically told from like Nikolai or Andre's perspective. I thought I thought those parts were really interesting. But there's like several chapters. Don't that you mean Rostov? Rostov. <laughs> Nikolai is referred to as Rostov all the way through the novel. Sometimes. And then Nikolai yeah. is like the Bolkonsk is Andre's son, right? Isn't that the name of his son as well? Yes, because that's his dad's name. His dad's right. name is also Nikolai. Right, all right. 
Yes. But I think Nikolai they call him Rostov is always referred to as Rostov. Yeah, they call him Count Rostov or Rostov. Yeah, but anyway, anyway, continue. Nikolai. <laughs> Sorry, when I those would... of you that aren't as uh, aren't as steeped in literature, yes, as we are Russian culture. Sorry to bore you with our highfalutin. I don't even uh, literature what I was speak. Saying, though. I don't know something about um, Andre's a uh, main character who's in the war scenes go. Yeah, there are there are parts where the war scenes are coupled with the narrative. And I was interested in those parts, but I feel like there's a few chapters that's just talking about what Napoleon was doing and they really they were very long and they really dragged But those were intended to be a historical lesson. Yes, I understand that. And However, it's the Napoleonic Wars told from the Russian point of view, which Tolstoy claims is the... um was never done before okay. so he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna teach tell you this from the russian point of view and i think if i had been reading if i had began the book begun if i had begun the book i don't even know if that's right i think either is fine if i had begun the book knowing that i was going to be um learning about the napoleonic wars like if that was what i was hoping to accomplish with that book it wouldn't have been as hard but i was i had just finished anna karenina and that was a really good although there is some political content in it i it's mostly narrative and so that's what i was hoping to find in war and peace and there is a lot of narrative in war and peace but it's also interspersed with stuff about the napoleonic wars which I didn't find as interesting. Not that I thought it was shouldn't have been included because I understand that it's an important part of the story and that it was included intentionally, but I just I just thought it was boring. That's all. <laughs> yep. You would because you're not um you're not a dude. Dudes like books about war. The thing is with those parts I didn't read them like, oh, I'm not sure I understand the political ramifications of what they're talking about or what was it that stirred this war to go forward? I didn't need to know that. I just like I'm just gonna read this, and get what I can from it. And then if I if I want to, I'll go back and read it again sometime, or get some other history books on the Napoleonic yeah. Wars. If I really want to get into the depths. Of I what mean, we're I didn't about either. Here. I wasn't like I don't understand what's going on here in terms of political. So I think or... the point was France was invading Austria. I don't know. And I, Russia I came remember. to Austria's defense, and then Ru the French pushed into Russia. They burned Moscow, but then they didn't uh, uh, plan for the winter um, yes, and the lack and of they, resources. Because they, they were in Siberia. I right. Think, and then they it. had to push their way back to France, and then the Russians chased them. And Yeah. So, yeah, no. But uh, the only part of the book I really didn't like was the epilogue, which yes, is one hundred one hundred page epilogue, and of the pontification, and it takes it takes twelve. It takes place. The first part takes place twelve years after the end of the regular narrative. It pushes forward twelve years to talk about Pierre, what Pierre's doing now. Pierre, Pierre's one of the main characters. Pierre Bazooka. Pierre is there's there's more than one protagonist, but Pierre's probably the main protagonist. Um, yes. And then after that, it's like 50 pages of, um, I almost said Hugo, but it's, it's Tolstoy. Yeah. 
talking about i don't even remember as i said to you earlier it was just bro just bro's just yapping yeah <laughs> yeah it's, bro just was just him, yapping. it's just him pontificating about yeah his... and it was so like that was why it took me 30 days instead of 27 days because i was just like i don't know that i can i'm like i have to finish now because i've come or this far to, yeah and i'm like but it's taking i just cannot handle this <laughs> i think that was what we read in in one of my classes we read some plato and aristotle and i just couldn't get through it and i think part of it was they were just it was just them pontificating and i realized that they're philosophers and that that's their job is to right. philosoph- philosophize philosophize but uh, I, I was just like he's just talking to hear bro's just talk. yapping like I don't understand what he's saying. He's repeating things. He's just like he's like yeah. Bro's just yapping. But if we do bro this, then wouldn't him. that mean that we're also doing this and that that's a result of this? And I just kind of was like, I, I can't like, <laughs> I can't read this. Bro can't read this. No. Um, yeah. Uh, and the, and the other thing is is we're modern readers are conditioned to an as straight narrative storyline simple to read and so any kind of book that sort of complicated or long or messes with the narrative timeline uh we tend to steer clear of those books yeah. i don't think war and peace and obviously i'm not reading it in russian yeah but i don't think that it was i didn't find it <laughs> i didn't find it like it was challenging to read but i was never like oh brother this is this is too much for me it's just too over my head yeah, I didn't really find if, that either. Um, it was where, just really and people long. Think, a lot of people think if you're reading War and Peace, like you think you're better, you know, oh, you think you're smarter than everybody. I'm like, you don't it's have to really be that smart book. to read it. Get the translation where you don't have to flip to the footnotes to understand the French dialogue, and you'll be fine. Yeah, I had a, I read Viet you by Charlotte to, Bronte, yeah. and that had French in it, yeah. but it was footnotes. And I was like, I really wish I had one that. I don't have to flip to the back of the book yeah. for because it made it so much harder to read for some reason. Yeah. And I would also say, don't read War and Peace just so you can say, I read War and Peace. Like, yeah. Try I to, mean, try to it read be- it carefully and, and sort of get to know, get to know the characters. Yeah. I, and understand, you're not going to understand everything, but you have to commit to it. It's going to take time. And it will teach you patience. And it's really hard to be patient and spend a lot of time with that when um, we're all used to um, the TikToks, as I like to say, <laughs> and the short form, the short form art, yeah, or whatever you want. Well, to call it. I had decided to read it because I had just read Anna Karenina and I really liked it. And but having read part of War and Peace, something that I realized which was something that i talked about with one of my professors well actually he's not my professor but he's a professor in the department that i'm in he was saying that he finds the characters in in anna karenina to be more compelling that they're more interesting and that he he's he cared more about what happened to them than what happened in war and peace Sure. Your sister and I made the pumpkin pie for the uh, 19th year in a row, I believe, for tomorrow. Nice. For I'm the big excited. meal. I'm excited to eat I'm, it. I'm, 
Let's do um, how many people? Let Let's talk over under. How many people on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? Let's say, let's say out of thirty floats, I don't know how many floats there are. I'd have to look it up. Hey Siri, either my MacBook or my dumb iPhone. I don't think I have Siri activated on either one of them. Hey Siri, how many? Hold on, no, you floats are the on, Macy's hold on, Parade. Hold on, stop. What you have to do? That's your phone. Hey, how many floats are in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? I was holding down on the button, so it oh. was. Siri doesn't know that mess. How many Ask floats AI. are in the Thanksgiving Day Parade? Ask Chat GPT. Ten hours ago. That's a you. I don't want to. I don't want a YouTube video. That's a YouTube problem. By the way, we have. Uh, uh, let me see. Let's see if Google is any smarter than. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Siri. all right. Let's just say, let's just say, for the sake of argument, there's 30 floats. Over under on how many people on those floats, I will know. I say I'm setting the over under at three and a half, and I'm gonna go with the over. There are 26 floats. 26 floats. All right. So out of 26 floats, I'm gonna say don't read any of the names if you see them because I want to be surprised. Yeah. Um. In the old days, I would have known everybody, but I will say I'll set the over under at three and a half. Your phone is causing uh, oh, sorry. feedback on the three and a half. Yeah, that means that if I know who four people are on the float, I lose the bet. What are you betting? No, over under three and a half. I say I'll know over three and a half. Okay. So if I only know two people, I lose the bet that we're that we just made which okay. was nothing i'm gonna say 25 floats i'm gonna say i'll know seven no i'll know oh you're gonna know way more than that 11 you're well versed you're gonna know each of the um the members of the band yeah. by the way i saw a thing i didn't realize it was a back to the future musical on broadway yeah it's not good and they show and they showed a girl on the news who was there to see it and it was they were interviewing her afterwards and on the screen behind it, because it was after the show, it says, make like a tree and get out of here. So that's their way of telling the audience that it's time oh, that's to go. Good. Make like a tree and get out of here. Just thought I'd add that. Yes. I, I tried to listen to the um, <laughs> the Back to the Future musical. I didn't really like it very much, but. Uh, maybe that, it, back maybe to it's the, the future, kind of show you have to see. Back I don't to know. the Future doesn't need a music. By the way, speaking of musicals. I saw that they've made a movie version of the Mean Girls musical. Yes, but for and some Tina reason, Tina Fey is in it. Yeah, she's playing the same character as she did in the original. So it's a, it's like Hairspray. There was a movie of Hairspray. Then they, made, they a made a musical, musical of Hairspray. Then they made a movie of the musical of Hairspray. Yes. Now they've done that with Mean Girls. Yes, because yeah, it's based on the Broadway musical. However, oddly enough, they are not advertising it as a musical. They're just advertising. It says it. in the in like on the you. There were like three trailers that came out in the in like two weeks ago that I didn't know about. Four, the trailers do not, not advertise really the trailers that modern movies. The too trailers much. do not advertise yeah. it as a musical. There is only one trailer where one of the characters sings, and it's for like three seconds. So it's being. But everybody knows it's a musical. People do know it's a musical because. I mean, it was announced as a musical, yeah. but it's not being yeah. marketed as a musical, um, yeah. which maybe they just want to keep it a surprise. 
I'm so really they're not. Yeah, yeah but because if you watch the trailer, it just seems like it's a remake of the original movie. Right. But everybody in the comments I saw knew it was a musical. Yes. But they're all like, "This is gonna, this isn't gonna be any good." Which yeah, is probably true. Uh, I'll probably go see it with my friend. I can't we're... imagine that I'll go to the movie theaters um, much at all going forward. Although I would like to see this Planet of the Apes movie. You want to see Dune Part Two? May- oh yeah, maybe that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. With your boy. I don't know if I see... With your boy, Willy Wonka Jr. I was just going to say, I don't know if I want to go see Wonka in theaters. No, I don't even want to see it. Because it doesn't look very good, but also I do like Timothy Chalamet. Hey, listen, they gave the Oompa Loompa... They took away uh, acting roles for Oompa Loompas by letting Hugh Grant be a Oompa Loompa. Yes. We may have talked about this already. Well, yeah, people were disappointed that... The role, which has usually been given to, well, actually, was the was the actor who played the Oompa Loompas in the Johnny Depp version? Was he? I don't know. Did, was I he a little that person? Movie. That was so bad. Um, the only good part of that Gotta movie. Do some Google age. The only good part of that movie, Christopher Lee, as usual. Yes. yes. Let's see what the damage is this year. Willie? That's the only parts I remember. The parts with Christopher Lee. Yes. Oops. Let's see what the damage is this year. Yeah, so the He's not a he's not an Oompa Loompa. He he is a little person. The Um yeah, it's a role that has always been given to people that are little people and so giving it to hugh grant is weird because it's like they should have had donald trump play it because they're orange oh there you go because i know people were like you know why not just cast an actor with dwarfism because there are as soon as we wrap this a lot up of i'm actors. gonna drink a root beer Ooh, um, good idea <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up. Which was the same thing with... Um, this is the part where I say this is the worst episode we've Which ever is the done. same thing with the Snow White movie, because they just made them all CGI instead of having... Weird. Weird. <laughs> instead of having... <laughs> um, Anytime someone brings up... Rachel uh, Zegler. Rachel Zegler now, I just say, she's weird. Weird. Because <laughs> of that clip of her saying... <laughs> there's a, there's a um, Inside Out 2... I'm not going to go see it. I'm not going to see either. Oh, now Inside Out. The thing now is, Riley's a teenager and she now has anxiety. Here's my thing. Like, okay, we get it. Here's my thing. How I understand that anxiety and fear are different emotions. And it doesn't sound like Louis Black is the voice of He's anger not. anymore. And Bill so, Hader isn't the voice yeah, of fear. There's no point. Then. But um, I understand that um, emotionally speaking, anger and, or sorry, uh, fear and anxiety are different. But would not fear would would not anxiety just be an extension of fear? It wouldn't be a completely different emotion character. I feel like. Well, let's ask Yoda. Because fear is the path that leads to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. So they're separate. Then they they <laughs> fear, anger, and anxiety are separate. Well, I'm not talking about anger. I'm just saying fear and anxiety. Nobody ever asked Yoda what anxiety. Oh, how that yeah what side of the force is that that's got to be the dark side of the force I don't no know maybe i don't know about. no but all i'm saying is, is so 
started talking about Star Wars again. You, oh, hey, you brought it up, not me. <laughs> I know. We did a whole episode on yeah, Star Wars to so that we could get, 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 get it out of our yeah. system. Well, I also think... Which brings me to... Anyway, go ahead. Which I think the thing with Inside Out was that it was... It was a great movie. It was a great movie, and it was a new concept. It was like right, and it something was, new and something different. And I talked so to a psychologist a, who said, yeah, this movie it was brilliant. It really understood psychology. Yes. Yeah. And I think a lot of like child psychologists recommend showing it to your kids so that they can But this next one's just a cash grab. But yeah, what I'm saying is the it was such I'm, an original idea, something that hadn't been done before. Now you're making another one. It's not as special anymore cuz now it's just a rehash for money. Yeah, that's the whole thing where the There's sequel no it used to just be the original movie done slightly differently. Yes. I exactly. like I've never seen Jaws too, but I assume it's just a bunch of people getting eaten by a shark. getting eaten by sharks by a shark, um, going out into the ocean knowing they shouldn't be um, out there because there's a shark and they keep going out there anyway. I mean, is that what the Jurassic Park sequels are? I basically? don't know. I've never seen any oh. Jurassic Park sequels. Me neither. I've only seen the first one. There's some movies that I've just like. I the first one told me everything I need to know, well, and yeah, I'm learning I feel like... that now. I've learned that now. Like, I don't need any more sequels. Well, I think that's the thing with Inside Out. Except is like... for <laughs> Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> I will keep going to those until they let me down. That's the thing is I feel very hypocritical because I'm like, oh, every movie in Hollywood right, now but... is a sequel okay, or a but... prequel or a remake. And then I'm like, ooh, Hunger Games prequel. I got to go see that. And yeah, so like... <laughs> it wasn't, I don't know why you would do such a thing. Well, it was a really good movie. No, I heard it was terrible. Well, you haven't seen it, have you? <laughs> I heard it just made people hungry. <laughs> Just in the theater. I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry, Elsa. Speaking so of hungry. hunger, yeah. can we get out of here so we can get a bite to eat? Let's go get, let's go get burgers. Um, no, it was a really good movie. If you get the chance to see it, you should. Because I think I haven't even seen the. I didn't even see the the split. You don't need to. The it's Mocking a Jay. I know, but I, I didn't even finish watching the Hunger Games, um, Death Slaughter movies. Because I Hunger Games Death Slaughter movies. Yeah. I didn't watch the last two. That you was didn't one watch book. Mockingjay one and no, two. No, because I didn't like the books. So I was like, I don't really care about the movie. I think you'd like them. I like. I think you'd really like Ballad of Songbird and Snakes. <sighs> no, you're wrong. I think you should give it a chance. You're wrong. I'm not gonna watch that. I'm not watching that stuff. That stuff's not good. It's not healthy. It's not healthy to watch those things. Now you made me mad. <laughs> 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 um, I'm gonna read the Brothers Karamazov. Okay, but right, um, but I did get a collection of Flannery O'Connor complete short stories because that came recommended. There you go. I checked that out of the library. I because as I have time coming up off from work for the holidays, I thought ah, I'll read a lot of books. I'll read a lot during that time. But you're gonna be like, Dad, we gotta watch. Oh, uh, <laughs> you can't even think of Jingle it. all the way or whatever. No, we gotta wait until December. Uh, no, I'm just saying I won't be reading because you'll be pestering me to watch and teach me how to play whist. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing from reading War and Peace. I now want to learn how to play Boston. Yeah, they play Boston a lot. Well, Boston is whist, but it's like it's bid whist, which is where you make bids on oh, how so many tricks like you're gonna win the and stuff like that. Of... No, you like bid on. The, I I bid that we'll win three tricks in this in this hand. Oh, this is gambling. I I don't know that I assume there's money involved. Yeah. 
But you know All what a I trick know, is, right? No. I only know because in like in um, Jane Austen books, they're always like, let's sit down for a rubber of whist. You know, like they have the yeah. first rubber or whatever. Yeah, all these people in literature are learning are always playing whist. In in War and Peace, they're always playing Boston. Yes. Um, but we're looking There's that up. It sounds game, really but I complicated. Can't, I can't think of. Uh, card games have to be very simple for me, or I just I like, get frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, like some people have trouble with the Trump. Um, not Donald Trump. I have, yeah, I have but the Trump <laughs> philosophy. Like one. So when one, you're playing, suit beats like another. for instance, we're playing whist. Yeah. Everybody gets ten cards, I think, and the last card that comes, you turn it over, and let's say it's diamonds. Yes. So diamonds is the Trump suit. Okay. So diamonds then, is the Trump. Yeah. So then, what? Whoever plays the first card in the hand. So let's say someone plays a club. Everybody has to play a club if you have a club in your hand. This is whist we're talking about? Yes. Yeah. All these trick games are pretty much the same. So I lead with a club. Even though the, the Trump suit is diamonds, I lead with a club. So if ever whoever has, if all three people around the table have a club, they have to play a club. Mm-hmm. So then everybody plays, and whoever has the highest ranking card wins that trick, and they get they take the what four cards. What if two people each then have whoever like... wins the trick plays, they lead again. Then you play a club. Oh, I guess that wouldn't. And then you go around, and someone in their hand doesn't have club in their hands. They can play another suit. So if you have diamonds, let's say I lead with a club, and then the next person has a club, so they play their club, and then you don't have a club, so you can play another suit. And diamonds is, is the, the trump. trump. You throw a di- you have a two of diamonds. You throw a two of diamonds down. Then I win that trick. If the other person has a club and has to play, otherwise they may throw a three of diamonds down and then they win it. Oh, okay. So you're really just well, trying. To- if it's if it's clubs going around, can I put down like uh, hearts? Only if you don't have a club in your hand. So oh, so then if so whoever, I put if down, if somebody leads with a suit, you have to follow suit. That's what that comes oh. from. Um, if you don't have that suit in your hand, you can play one of the other suits. And then, so if I put down like a heart, she just then learned the person what follow suit next comes to from. me has to play a heart. Right. So and if so I leave with a so heart forth. and they have a heart, they have to play a heart. And do you go around the circle once? That's or do you the just trick. Keep, you just keep going. No, it's the trick. Whoever of the four cards has the highest ranking card. And then do they the get all the cards? suit that they led with, or if they play a trump card. Let's say everybody plays Eily with the ace of clubs, mm-hmm. and then you play the king of clubs, and then the next person plays the queen of clubs, and this person throws out a two of diamonds because they don't have clubs. The two of diamonds wins because diamonds automatically trumps everything, no, and matter, is that, no matter what the rank of the club card is. And that's... But unless like they put down a two of diamonds, and then the person next to them puts plays down a three, a of, three diamonds. of diamonds. So... Exactly. Is it... I is tried diamonds... to teach you guys this with euchre years ago, and you guys were just, you guys were like three years old. You couldn't figure it out for some reason. <laughs> I i remember enjoying euchre. I don't know why we stopped playing. Because your mom and your sister couldn't handle it. Oh. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and we were, we live we live in the great state of Michigan. Well, let's. Everybody here is supposed to know how to play Here's euchre. what I think. I think over Christmas break, let's learn whist. Let's learn euchre. And let's play spoons because I like playing spoons. Welcome, isn't that in the song? Um, Welcome to Moscow. Does it yeah. say we'll play? We'll play Boston. We'll play or a game of Boston. We'll play a game of then Boston. Then you'll read to me while I knit. You'll read yeah. to me while I knit. 
Yeah. That's actually in the book, too. It is, yes. I want to go. That's the other thing. There's a uh, musical, Ow, Natasha sorry. Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, which is a 70 page portion of War and Peace. Mm-hmm. And I did start to highlight some of the things I marked where the musical yeah. part begins. And I was highlighting like dialogue from the show that I noticed, but I didn't. I not as well, I don't know enough of it to do the whole thing. See, I have the whole thing memorized, and so, so I was annotating whenever based I would on what was in the musical. But I just I it, that slowed down my reading doing that. So I said I'll yeah. come back to that when I would read it. But one of the things was that they played Boston. Yes, they played. And Boston. you read to me while I knit. That's actually in there. She's reading yes. to Mario. Well, yeah, most of the well, most of the. Lyrics from the musical are line for line something that's said in the book, but I don't think it's the Briggs translation. I think it's a different translation. Um, his purse is always open. Purse is always empty. His purse is always empty because it's open to all. That's right, right out. Yes, there. but that and might I mean, be in the other English. The scene with the so. comet—that's pretty much right. Like the same. And there's thing. a great scene, and I like this because I texted you the scene where. Who is it? It's the two. Is it Sonia? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> they're they're under the moonlight and they're kissing or whatever. And this Sonia and Nikolai. Yeah. Nikolai and the snowflakes are falling on them. Yeah. And I thought it was such a vivid, sweet, romantic scene. And I texted that to you, and you said yes, that was very romantic, even though they're cousins. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I thought, thought it was. Stop trying to put modern. <laughs> sensibilities on the freaks of the past well i think it's interesting though because by the way do... i don't know if you guys noticed in the background i have not replaced my chair yet from, oh yeah you got to get out but on that's that. going to be my birthday gift this year is a new chair oh there you so go won't be... i mean i think the thing is <laughs> chair was squeaking no, chair was squeaking one. bub i think um yeah i thought it was really romantic because She's wearing, I don't remember what it is, but it's some sort of festival where they all dress up in costumes. And so she's dressed up like an old man and she's got like ratty clothes and a beard on. And he's like watching her like having fun and dancing. And he realizes, oh, I'm in love with her while he's watching her dancing dressed up like an old man. Yeah. And then that's when he kisses her in the in the moonlight, in the snow. And I was like, well, that's so romantic. It was very romantic. Yes. And it was very sweet. But they're cousins, so yes, but they are canceled. Cousins. Tolstoy's yeah, canceled. But it's interesting because in the book they do touch on that. Like her saying, like, well, it'll never, we can't get married because we're cousins. And then Natasha being like, people marry their cousins all the time. Like, it'll be fine. Um, I mean, I don't know what happens because I haven't read the, <laughs> the rest of the book. And Yeah. Um, but in Mansfield Park, she's also in love with her cousin. And so... Um. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like I want to be like, oh, they're such a cute couple. Like I, I want them to be together, but also because it's her cousin and I'm looking at it from a modern lens, it's hard for me to get behind it just because it's like I'm like, oh, that's not really that cool. But right. What are, What are you getting at here? Nothing. I'm just saying it's. I'm just. I'm just expressing. I'm expressing my opinion. So. Um... Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, 
Boy, we can't have any downtime there while we're looking up information on our phone. So we may, I may actually have to go back and edit that long um, that long gap, gap yeah, out of there. We're at, we just passed an hour on there. So, All right. Um, yeah, I'm, we won't talk anymore. The fact that this is Thanksgiving Eve, as we call it, um, doesn't really bear much on the content of this episode as much as it did the first time we talked about this. Yeah, well, I mean, like you said at the beginning, it's hard to rehash Yeah, the how many times can I talk about... we've already talked about... Yeah, how, what, you know, what's your favorite... Um, the food, the, the food. Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, the parade. We've, you know, we've talked about it all already, so we don't want to keep boring our, yeah. our three listeners by, you know, including too much of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah. What are you, what are you, what are you researching over Well, there? Karina, it's like this. Someone asked me if there were you said my name on... again. <sighs> Hold on. Let me go back and delete that. Well, I'm going to stop this. <laughs> I think I said your name in the very first episode because we you talked about have. you writing the theme song, the beloved theme song. Yeah. We're going to just... change it up next. Since season three has begun, we're going to have a, uh, or season four. Season four is beginning, yes. We're going to have a new electric guitar version <laughs> of the uh, theme song. Of the, the we really amp up, amp up the pressure. We were talking today about the way, um, uh, I'm learning the way young people, you always, when you work with young people, you try to keep up with the slang so that when they say stuff, like one last year someone said to me that I was the himsky. <laughs> They said, which the I've never heard anybody say that. Uh, which meant that must uh, be a means, younger uh, kid means thing. Means that I'm the man or something. Um, the newest one is people saying things like, "Bro, bro's just yapping." Bro thinks he's him. Bro thinks he's him. What's what's bro doing? What's bro doing? Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and then another one. Um, oh boy, I'm forgetting it already. Are you talking I, Riz? Yeah, the Riz. One of the former teachers said. That, all his new students are saying he's really rizzed he's up. He's rizzed up. He doesn't know what that yeah. means. And I think it's a short for charisma, isn't it? I Yeah, I believe so. Rizzed up well, yeah, means you have riz, charisma. Riz just means game. Like if you're like. You got some, you have game. You're spitting game to a girl. You're, you know, you got riz. <laughs> 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 yeah. And the thing is, you know. It just seems like you're good at flirting. You're if you're old, flirting with someone, it's like, wow, he's so got, I'm he's not got rizzed riz. Up. You know? I'm not he's rizzed, rizzed up. up. I don't know. I'm not rizzed up because I'm not good at flirting. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't need to flirt, and I don't. <laughs> you already really. got a wife. What do you need flirting for? Uh, right. And your mom used to point out, like, uh, when she and I were dating, that girls would be flirting with me, and I, I was too dumb to even notice it. I was like, oh, they're just really nice. They're just they're really, like, oh, she was sweet. She was a really nice girl, and you know. Yeah. Well, that's how I men are. Clueless, you know. Clueless, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, rizzed up. Yeah, that's all rizzed up. So yeah. The the slang stuff changes so rapidly. Very rapidly, yeah. Because you can say like. Things that last year you would use as slang, people right. are like, oh, "I can't believe you're still saying that." Like, yeah, like, yeah, bro, that's so 2022. Exactly, bro thinks it's 2022. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, but I do enjoy. Uh, I, here's the thing, young people. If you can even let them exasperate you, which anybody can exasperate you, adults, young people, or you can let the young people, the harmlessness. Of some of their young people culture can help you stay young, and things yeah. like that. Yeah, bro thinks he's him. <laughs> yeah, um, 
rizzed up. <laughs> the Rizzler. The yeah, uh, that kind of thing. If you you can be like, oh, there's young people today. They don't know how to speak. Well, we always spoke properly. Yeah, oh. yeah. We didn't even use contractions. I will say this: young people are very uh, unafraid to speak in in whatever manner they feel necessary. Uh, without regard for the fact that adults are around. They just don't care that there's an adult. They'll talk about almost anything now, which is very weird. You think that's something that isn't, or that like, what is only like true of some, this, these upcoming generations? Some people will say, older people will say, I never, you know, I like I never back spoke to that the future. Way, yeah. I, never, I never sat in a parked I never car with a boy, boy or whatever. Chased a boy or sat in a parked car yeah, with a boy. That's yeah. stuff that's tr- clearly not true. Yeah. Um, you know, we're like, oh, we never acted that way when I when I was. We were always respectful in class. I'm like, no, we weren't. My algebra class was chaos because the, we would talk, and the teacher was one year from retirement. And he's like, I'm not going to waste my time <laughs> yelling at these kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they talk about stuff that honestly I would never discuss. I might just talk about it with my boys. Yeah. With my bros. Yeah. But well, yeah, I would I never mean, sit around the principal or the a teacher and and talk about some of the things and use some of the language that kids are 100% comfortable with now. And they look at you like... What's the problem? Yeah. yeah you got a problem, old timer? You got a problem, geezer? Yeah. So there's that. But yeah. the, but the stuff like this, the bro, bro thinks he's him and bro's just yapping. And it's no big what's deal. What's bro doing? And yeah. that kind of, that, that, let him that cook. Have, have they, did they say that? Let him cook? Let him cook. Yeah. <laughs> let me cook, bro. Let me cook, bro. Let me cook. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah I heard no one the other that. day. This was an older guy. He was talking about uh, Tom Brady, the quarterback. Yeah. The GOAT. Um, yeah. He made some comments about modern football. The the uh, it's not the players aren't being developed. the The coaching is not as good. The play isn't as good. And this guy said, "I love hearing him say these things because he used to say the right all the right things when he was a player. Now that he's retired, and he said, pull the string and let him talk.' <laughs> so I was like, I was like, oh, I like that. I'm writing it down because yeah, it's like, pull the string, pull the string yeah. and let him talk. Let him cook. Let him cook. Exactly. I like. I like I as as someone who enjoys words, I do like some very creative and clever slang. I like stuff like that. Let them cook, pull the string and let them talk. Yeah. Just stuff like that. I do enjoy. Yeah, I do I enjoy mean, you like, a little you word like some play. Word play. Yeah. I think that makes sense. <laughs> there's there's always those fun little expressions that are tickle your fancy. Like tickle your fancy. That's a good one. <laughs> right. Or um Follow suit. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm gonna follow suit. That's not really slang. That's repurpose. It's an expression. It's an expression. It's an idiom. Yes. Maybe I don't know. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. I may be an English major. Hold on, let me look that up. I don't know what an idiom is. (laughs) Hold on, let me look that up. Bro thinks she's an English major. Um, what else? Anything else? I saw my first Shakespeare play. Ah yes, yes, it was I'm, very good. I ever seen? I have seen the Shakespeare play in person. Midsummer yeah. Night's Dream. Yeah, I went and saw Twelfth Night with some. And as I said English to you today, class. I still haven't seen nights one through eleven, yeah, so, so don't got, spoil it for me. You got some work to do. Um, <laughs> don't spoil a Twelfth Night for me. <laughs> I haven't seen the first eleven yes. yet. 
Yeah, but this this particular production, it was at the Shakespeare Chicago Shakespeare Theater. And as I understand it, it was a modern um, setting. It wasn't entirely modern. It seemed like 20th century. It was kind of right. hard to place. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of it. It took place in the Caribbean, which is not true of the original play, but yeah. is something that was um, added for this particular production, and they. They exclusively, there's a lot of songs in Twelfth Night that Shakespeare wrote, yeah. but they um, removed those songs and they sing Bob Marley songs instead, which I, I liked. Bob Marley? <laughs> um, people ask me all the time, you like Bob Marley? And I'm like, I it don't, I'm, I mean, I don't. Uh, it's just not your type of music and that's okay. I don't like reggae. I don't hate reggae. I just don't like it. That's all right. You don't have to like reggae. Um, but I don't. I can't say that I like reggae. Hate Bob Marley. I mean, seems like a cool guy. It's one of those things where it's like the message. Did he die young? Yeah, he died of lung cancer, I believe. Oh, that's sad. Smoking too much ganja, yeah, or whatever they call um, weed these days. Um, weed mostly. I don't I remember think. if it was lung cancer. Uh, it was lung cancer, I think. Mm. Um. Yeah. I mean. There's a couple of songs I've heard of his that I like, um, but I just don't like the... The last song that they sang in the show was a Sting song. They sang Fragile by Sting. Oh, I thought you were going to say Fields of Gold. No. Synchronicity 2. Yeah. Well, anyway, it was was a really good show, good cast. Okay. That's good. Yeah. It was enjoyable. Got to hang out with some friends. It's cultured. Yeah. I don't mind them updating things... Well, yeah, this to is something... make it more palatable to the dumbed down society that we live in. <laughs> well, I mean, they didn't. The thing that I thought was so interesting was. I mean, the rabble used to go to the Globe Theater and sit yeah, there that's and what the standing room was the for. Standing room was for the rabble. The, separate the rabble from the from the higher ups, from the, but from the uh, elites. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because I was kind of I was thinking like, well, this language is so you know era specific how is it gonna fit in like it'll seem weird for like it to be said in a caribbean setting what's that first line in there if music if, uh, mus- if music be the food you, of love music be play the food of love play on give me excess of it yes nice. um no more <laughs> is that what he says yeah tis not so sweet tis as not it was so before. sweet as it was before um yeah that's so it's so oh it's so pretentious yeah when people but actually write interesting dialogue i was thinking it's going. so Sorry, yeah <laughs> it's so era specific that how is it going to make sense being said in a, a, a modern or later caribbean setting and it it did make sense because even though it is very era specific the things that are being expressed are interminable if you will yeah. the things that are that are still around the kind of feelings that are being expressed. And so it, it fits really within any setting. You can put that language within any setting and it makes sense still. So it I thought it was really well done and Were I liked you... it. That's good. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Yeah. It's a good it was a experience. Nice, a nice experience. Were you the one, did you write an article about I, uh, Emily Dickinson's If I Can Stop One Heart From Breaking? Was I wrote you? a comparison essay about If I Can I Stop have it written one in my commonplace book oh. underneath Compassion by Miller Williams. I also have Emily Dickinson's If I Can yes, Stop One Heart From Breaking. If I Can Stop One Heart From Breaking. That's right. You heard me. I have a commonplace book. 
Now, what is Deal a commonplace with book? Commonplace book is a book that you keep next to you, and when you're reading and you read something interesting, um, a quote or a poem, you write it down by hand in your commonplace book. Oh, I should start that. That's um, good. I like that. Here I have some quotes about like uh, Thomas Jefferson's Ten Rules for Life. I have I took I read um, How to Win Friends and Influence People and took notes summarizing the whole book as mm. I read it um, at the beginning. Be a good listener. Talk in terms of the other person's interest. Some poems, some quotes, um, yeah, just whatever, just stuff that strikes your fancy as you are reading yes well yeah i wrote a comparison essay on if i can stop one heart from breaking by emily dickinson and kindness by sylvia plath because sylvia plath I just, yeah i just read um, I, the bell jar for the you know time. i've been reading about her life she had a very sad life so it's reading her poetry is, yeah. is very sad her husband sounded like a skunk yes he was not a nice man um well the poem kindness was written I believe 10 days before she committed suicide. Yeah. And so it's, it's like, it's sad to read it. Cause it's like you, you can, you can understand. The, well, on that note, I think we should wrap this episode up. <laughs> we like to try to end on a high note. We like to end on a positive note. We like to end note. things right with, like, with positive vibes. Yes. But anyway, I wrote a, I wrote an essay comparing those two. Okay. Yeah, that's right. You did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I read it. I was like, where did I read about that poem? And I was like, oh yeah, you wrote a comparison essay on it. Mm-hmm. Very good then. Yeah, um, and I have to write an analysis essay on the performance of 12 Shall we talk about um, what's happening in the world? Uh, we're not going to talk about Israel and Gaza. We're not going to talk about Trump and Biden. Yeah, I think that's a little Coke too... Coke versus Pepsi. <laughs> a little too heavy for... We don't want to talk... We don't want to touch on these hot-button issues. Um, yeah, we like to keep it light. We like to keep things light. You know, light, they're important discussions to have, but this sure. is just not the, the, the forum the for format. that. That's yeah. not what we're about. Yeah. All right. Well, about what is that it? Have you had enough? I mean, uh, yeah. Hour I mean, nothing's, nothing's really hitting. I mean, me I'm at the sure moment. you want to go watch a more Billy the Kid. That's what Billy I want to go kid. watch. Oh yeah, you're watching a Billy the Kid. <laughs> yes. Um, Billy the Kid show. TV show, yeah. starring Tom Blythe as Billy the Kid. Tom Blythe. Never heard of him. He's he's a he's an up and coming. The star. great Tom Blythe. Yes. I well, he plays President Coriolanus Snow in the the well, human guess, the human highlight film. I, I guess, believe is his nickname. <laughs> I, he's not Dominique um, Wilkins was the human highlight. He's film. not um, president yet, but he plays Coriolanus Snow in the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, and so I was like, this guy's a great actor. What else has he been in? When you say songbirds and snakes, all I think about is the Jim Stafford song, I Don't Like Spiders and Snakes. Oh, yeah. I don't like songbirds and snakes. And that ain't what it takes to love me, you fool, you fool. Yes. I got silly but to anybody and I found listen, a frog. listening who's a big Hunger Games fan. Or a big Jim Stafford if fan. You've been un, if you've been unsure <laughs> Which is about, one person I know that likes Jim Stafford. If you've been unsure about Other than myself. Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, I highly recommend it. If you've been unsure of watching movie. a movie that starts to set up this diabolical plan to have people well, murder it, each no, other it already, in a... The Hunger Games already exists. This this oh. this takes place during oh. the 10th annual Hunger Does Games. Does Rachel Zegler get killed in the Hunger Games? 
Well, here's here's a spoiler weird, alert. Weird, weird. Here's a spoiler <laughs> alert for anybody. This anybody book listening. was written in 2012, and evidently so. <laughs> the the plot of it. I'm the only person that even knows what I'm talking about. Right I now. know what you're talking about. <laughs> the um. Well, it's 85 years old, so clearly it's bad. The um, old is bad. So I'm trying to explain weird, the plot of this movie to you. Weird. So it takes place 64 years before, um, uh-huh. the first Hunger Games. Yeah. Book. How Not many years? 64 years before the first oh, Hunger Games. Who cares what happened 64 years before? And it's about 18-year-old Coriolanus Snow has just graduated from the Academy. and The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences? <laughs> it's the 10th annual Hunger Games, and they're assigning each... Vic- oh, is each... there a special logo to commemorate the 10th? I don't know. There should be. <laughs> they are assigning each... Vic- uh, not Victor, each tribute a mentor for the first time. Um, and as for the mentors are, they're all, they're all competing for the Plinth Prize, which is, uh, some sort of academic scholarship to the university that they all want to go to. So Coriolanus Snow, he's poor, his family was wealthy before the war, and now he's... Can I stop you? He's very poor. We're trying to get listeners, <laughs> so he not wants push to win. away the one that so we have. So he wants to win the Plinth Prize. And so that's going to be in the title. The Plinth Prize. <laughs> the Plinth Prize. <laughs> he's been he's been assigned Lucy Gray Baird, played by Rachel Zegler, who's oh. the District Twelve tribute for the Tenth Hunger Games. You can't see me, but I've got my head in my hands right now. And um, you know, they he at first is kind of you know he's only interested because he wants to win the Plinth Prize, and so he is knows... There, is this based on a book? It's based on the book, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by oh. Suzanne Collins. And um, he's trying to... So he's trying to get her to, to win so that he can win the Plinth Prize. But through this, there be, there begins a romance. They fall in love with each other. And then there's, there's, a, there's a, a struggle for love, for power, and his, the inner turmoil that he's experiencing... Based on you know this society he's been indoctrinated into, but then also the society that Lucy Gray Baird is trying to get him into, and it's a really good movie. There's some great music in it, um, and Lucy Gray Baird. This is a spoiler for anyone listening. Does not die in the tenth annual Hunger Games. She's the winner of the tenth annual Hunger Games, um, and. And spoiler alert, she's Luke Skywalker's mother. <laughs> spoiler alert, she's Luke Skywalker's mother. Well, yeah, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like theories. That, oh, she's Katniss's great grandmother or whatever, but that's not true. That's not. She's I, not related to anybody in the original. I could really stuff. go for some chips and cheese right now. Too bad. I want to lay some tortilla chips on a plate, sprinkle cheese on them. Dig in. Maybe throw some. Uh, some sriracha sauce on them bad boys. <laughs> yes. And let me cook. Um, <laughs> I'm really, um, yeah, I, yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't have any interest in the Hunger Games. I'm sorry. I realize I actually. I apologize. I actually like it a lot more than I remember. I think it's very interesting because it is. <sighs> I think it's interesting that the author, Suzanne Collins, wrote children's books, then wrote The Hunger Games, and then never wrote anything after. <laughs> well, <laughs> like no, she's was... a billionaire now. Yeah, Why would she, she write any more books? She made she got her she got her check and she said yeah. I'm done and yeah. 
bro bro got paid but i mean the original hunger games book is a commentary on the industri- military industrial complex oh. um but speaking of that john f kennedy's assassination was 60 years ago today really yeah twilight came out <sighs> last or uh, like 12 years yeah. ago. Yeah. So anyway, back like to that. my. Yeah. Well, that, I, I'm glad you th- remember that, but we're talking about my thing now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The Kennedy assassination. So in 1991, Oliver Stone released the movie JFK, which basically said there were 25 gunmen. 25 gunmen? It's going to be a turkey shoot, triangulation of fire, and convinced everybody that, you know, there it was, was some a conspiracy. Big conspiracy yeah. Um, uh, Lyndon Johnson orchestrated the whole thing because uh, oh, the military industrial film? complex. It's based on an actual event of a, a man, uh, Clay Bertrand, who went on trial um, for conspiracy and the Kennedy assassination. Oh, okay. Because um, and the and the the judge in that trial, I believe, was Harry Connick Sr. Because it took place in New Orleans. Harry Connick Jr.'s dad was a tr- was a judge. Oh, I always thought he was I, a singer. <laughs> I think Harry Connick Sr. He was involved some in some Happy way. Happy Hanukkah from Harry. So Connick. anyway, that that's the main story is about this guy Jim Garrison who was off his rocker, um, trying to get this guy Clay Bertrand indicted and um, thrown in jail for being part of the Kennedy assassin. So the movie ba- is built around that. And then Kevin Costner plays Jim Garrison, and he's like um, trying to explain the whole thing. And basically, he's like, "There's ten gunshots," and it's like, "All right, no, the most gunshots anybody who was there said was four, maybe. Most witnesses said three four total. Yeah, but this guy's got ten gunshots. Yeah. So, so everybody was, including myself, after seeing he's it, was like convinced out of thin air, yeah. that this was conspiracy. But then I, I read some books. Well, well researched, well reasoned books, and I'm no longer a tin tinfoil <laughs> conspiracy guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm convinced Lee Harvey Oswald did it. Yeah, I mean that's the widely accepted. I went theory. to Dealey Plaza last summer and walked around, and and the homeless guy there, I paid him five bucks. This there's a homeless guy there that's if you give me five dollars, I'll walk you around and explain what happened. So I thought this that's worth five bucks. Yeah, I give a guy some. And some he had the final headshot coming from a drain in the curb. Nice. He said there was a guy down in there that in the storm drain. fired it from the storm drain, the fatal headshot. Now, do you um, think he makes that up to mess with people? Or no, there, he had. Uh, there's million different theories on it, none of which have been proven. Yeah. Um, what 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 proves it to me is if you watch the Zapruder film, yeah, because they always talk about the magic bullet. First of all, the magic bullet because they're like it entered Kennedy's neck and then it did a right turn outside the car and then came down and had to hit Governor Connolly. Um, but the thing they always miss is that. Kennedy and Connolly weren't seated straight in front of each other. The middle kinda... seat was a jump seat so that whoever was in the back could exit the car around the seat. So Connolly was actually sitting more towards the center of the car. Okay. So a bullet coming on an angle from the book depository could easily go through both. And if you watch the film carefully, when they come from behind the freeway sign, as Kennedy's arms come up like this, yeah, you can see Governor Connolly lurch back in his seat and he like you can see him flinch backwards 
reacting at the exact same time. And everybody acts like it's not there, but it's there. You can see it. Yeah. I'll show it to you later. <laughs> but I'm I am of the opinion, um, as Kevin Harvey Costner Oswald. says in um Bull Durham, I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. Yeah. I believe it. One hundred percent. One hundred. If there was a conspiracy now, some evidence there would be evidence would have come forward by now it wouldn't be a bunch of all the autopsy photos were doctored and yeah how could all that evidence be doctored and covered up with hundreds of people would have to be involved and none of them have come forward and there was this whole thing about 300 300 people who were associated with it died in mysterious circumstances no they didn't that book right there on the shelf explains how all, none of those were mysterious circumstances and most were loosely connected how 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 so many times if you're did listening JFK out get there shot? twice uh he was hit by one shot in the upper back that came out through his neck that's the one that made him do this and mm-hmm. then the head shot that hit him yeah and the whole back into the left thing they was like oh if his head went back to the left. Back that to was the a, left. that means it was a shot from the front because the force of the bullet hitting his head would push his head back. No, actually, the force of the bullet exiting, exiting the front of his, his head would force his head back. Yeah. Head back Physics to the left. people. And they've done ballistics tests and proven that. And yeah. of course, the answer is always, well, they were done by the government. Yeah. They're covering it up. Yeah. Guys, Lee Harold Oswald, as CBS called him when he was first. Um, Lee Harvey Oswald. It was him. He's the he assassin. Did he did it. Get over it. Just you're gonna have to deal with it. But nobody wants to believe that. Nobody nope. wants to believe. The simplest answer is usually the correct answer. Well, and in when this you case, out the probable, what you must look to is the improbable. I don't know what that's from, but I heard it somewhere. I don't know. All I know is it wasn't a dude in a drain in a in storm, a storm drain. drain. Yeah, no, that wouldn't. Happen. And the guy tried to tell me. I said, "There's no way he could fit there. Look how how thin that is." Oh, they changed it. It used to be much yeah. thicker. Oh, did they? They, they changed they it. They just to happened cover up. to change yeah. it. Yeah, they well, they changed it to cover up the fact that there was a guy in the storm drain. Yeah, and I've stood behind the fence on the grassy knoll. If you look, I'm like, mm, the angle isn't really that isn't really right for. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've seen the Kennedy video before. Yeah, if you watch it in slow motion. Have High they ever depth, like have they ever like re remastered time. it to make it a little clearer? There what's are some four K versions online, but they're they're kind of not done professionally. Okay. Um but yeah, I it's Lee Harvey Oswald was the assassin. Yes. No doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. <laughs> and there you That's have it. That's my Uncle folks. Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Ah, yes. We would have won state. No doubt in my mind. No <laughs> doubt in my mind. Yeah. There's a movie I haven't watched in a long time. Napoleon Dynamite. I've only seen it the once. Oh, he says, uh, that guy says, what did you do all summer, Napoleon? I was at my uncle's house, a ranch in Montana, cabin. hunting wolverines. What do you think? Or whatever. Yeah. I used to think that movie was funny, but I don't know that I would anymore. I'm a little too mature yeah. for that kind of thing. <laughs> I think it's bro thinks he's mature. I think it's funny. It is. It's funny. I mean, it's it's harmless. Yeah, and it's a creatively done movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Well, folks, I think it's time for a bottle of root beer. What do you think? I think it's time for me to go lay to, lay down, go to sleep.
Um, it's only the night is still young, man. It's a it's a big holiday weekend. We got lots of stuff planned. Listen, I got to be up by twelve. I got to be up <laughs> early tomorrow so I can. I got to be up at noon. Tomorrow. Eat an omelet, and um, watch the Macy's parade. An Waste omelet. my whole weekend. I'm gonna make an omelet for breakfast. An omelet. Hey, some of us aren't uh, allergic to dairy products. Okay, um, I so will that's point it. out to you that eggs are not. They're not dairy. dairy. <laughs> I know, not dairy. I, I said that. I was like, wait, eggs aren't dairy. Well, product. I mean, if you put cheese on the omelet, then yeah. So the but... title of this episode is going to be "Bro thinks he's him." Bro's just yapping. The plinth prize and the plinth prize. <laughs> well, maybe not. I think you should include the the rizzed prize. up. <laughs> totally rizzed up. That's going to be the name. Yeah. The title of this art. All right. So thank you for tuning in. This has been episode twenty six of our little talks. Um, season four is this is yep. the first episode of season four. I mean, we're not going to make when another episode we, until until j- yeah. We, uh, when we started this, I was astounded when we got to the second episode. Um, <laughs> I think so we've done. Pretty I good. think we should be further than episode twenty six, but I'm I'll accept it. I'll accept yeah. that we're at this. We definitely point. we could have gone we a lot further. Could. Um, and if we had a little bit well, more listen. of a plan in place and some direction. Yeah. Maybe some sponsors. And if maybe actually Audible, some of my friends would actually listen and comment. Yeah, if you guys would all leave a like and comment on the Here's podcast. the thing. I don't even know like in Spotify or Apple Podcasts where to even find like the reviews or who left reviews or to leave a review. I don't think anyone's left reviews, but I mean. Oh, I know they haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you? Why would you? Pre- I mean, that just shows you. If, you probably you, if people have to get cared, the there would at least be negative reviews. Yeah, there'd be people like, worst podcast ever. Who wants to listen to two people talking? I mean, that's what podcasts are. Yeah. Two people talking. Yeah. The problem with this podcast is it's just two randos blabbing, just bros yapping. We're just, it's just two bros yapping. Um, we never had like a theme or yeah, a direction. Yeah, I mean, I think we've had a These couple, are the kind of things we should discuss in a meeting off 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 air. Off air. Yeah, but we kind of don't really put any but time into it. No one's listening. It. Yeah. <laughs> so does it matter where we discuss it anyway? Yeah. We don't we don't really put any time no. into this outside no. of the actual recording. So our no. ideas kind of come out on air and yeah. I I think that's what makes it so great is just the raw yeah, you know, unfilteredness of right. of our discussion. Exactly. That's what really draws. This is really crowds. cutting into my time to be reading Brothers Karamazov. I'm drinking a root beer. I'm drinking a root beer, or you know, there's this probably is some. Into my ability there's to probably time. some tertiary level college football game on right now. I could be watching as well. Oh yeah. But instead, I'm yapping. Bro is yapping with his daughter, um, and we may bring our other, my other daughter on. Um, we discussed it today, but bringing her on as a special guest on yes. next. Which um, you're gonna have to share a microphone with her because I'm not gonna buy a third microphone. No, no, yeah, we'll and just. And I we'll don't sit think I have enough USB cheeks. ports. We'll sit cheek to cheek. I don't think I have enough USB ports to add a third microphone anyway. Yeah, well. We'll just have her yell really loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just. So anyway. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, I don't know whose turn it is. So I will just say, congratulations to us for finishing. Three years of podcasting, um, and looking forward to year four, season four. Season four, we will not. I promise you, we will not talk about the Hunger Games prequel anymore. I will, um, but I don't make nevertheless, that we um, 
we will we will um yeah i'm trying to wrap this up (laughs) in a clever way and i can't so i'll just say i enjoy our little talks